Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. In this episode, we've got some special guests. We've got very good friends of mine, Ryan Krieger, Stetson Wood from Dino Analytics. What's up, guys? What's up? How often do people just burst out laughing? Like right in the middle of their Mm -hmm. introduction? Yeah. Zero percent. Okay, good. You want to be the first? (laughs) I might be. (laughs) Uh, Brandon's here as well. What's up, man? Not much, not much. It's another day in paradise. Cool. Well, hey, so the main the main topic of today's uh, episode is going to be call tracking. It's super exciting. I promise you'll want to stick around. But before we dive in, let's get started. Okay, so we're, we're actually going to switch things up today. We're going to do digital marketing roulette at the very beginning. But before we get into roulette, I want to give Ryan and Stetson the opportunity to kind of intro themselves, give a little background. Take about 30 to 60 seconds. You can either share it or take your own amount of time and uh, tell, us, tell us why people would be interested in you. And, and if you don't think people would be interested in you, Me then, as a person? then lie. Yeah, you as a person. Yeah. What's your background? What's up? I guess I'm starting. All right. Um, you know, my background is actually not anywhere near marketing at all. It's a sheer happenstance that I ended up in marketing. Started in electrical engineering, uh, became a chef, uh, and then after that decided, you know what? I think it's marketing is where I need to be. <laughs> and so uh, started there for the last three years. Been all about marketing and marketing operations. So I should probably preface this. I- I've known Ryan... Uh, the exact amount of time that he's known me. Uh, Isn't that normally how it works? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, it is. <laughs> so both Ryan and Stetson, uh, they used to work at Vivint Smart Home, which is where I currently am. Stetson started there close to 10 years ago. Ryan started, uh, it'll be three years ago in June. June 13th was his first day. I know that because that was also my first day. Uh, we met in orientation. We met in orientation. We sat we, next to each other. That's right. Held hands. Uh, we weren't quite there yet. I did leave one seat in between us when I sat down. As a standard wow. protocol. You have a better, yeah, <laughs> you have a better memory than I do. So, so I've known these guys uh, for a few years. We also are uh, tabletop gamers. So we, we get together for some game nights every once in a while. So if you catch the familiarity in my voice, that's why. Okay, so that's Ryan. He's a chef, super good cook. Is it okay if people say that you're a cook? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right, Stetson, what's, what's, who are you? So I have a background in bioinformatics and like Ryan has nothing to do with marketing. Um, I've worked at Vivint or I worked at Vivint for about nine, 10 years, um, doing software engineering. So I have a background in software engineering and have built marketing platforms for a number of years now. So you wouldn't be able to tell it from the way he's talking about Stetson is one of the funniest people on the planet. Yes, 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 I am. <laughs> uh, okay, so so that's a little bit more about Ryan and Stetson. They left Vivint and have 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 started their own company, Dino Analytics, call tracking stuff. We're going to get into that, but in order to kind of break the ice, uh, and we mentioned this before recording, they're both introverts, so we're going to break the ice at the beginning <laughs> of the episode. Uh, we're going to do digital marketing roulette now. Hopefully we'll get familiar with each other, a little more familiar. Brandon just met these guys for the first time like 10 minutes ago. So he'll get to know these guys a little bit better. better. For those of you, and while Brandon's setting this up, for those of you who don't know Digital Marketing Roulette um, and basically haven't lasted till the end of the episode to hear what this is, (laughs) uh, 
Uh, digital marketing related. So we have compiled a list of questions and they are random. They could be marketing related, they could be personal, they could be whatever. And each question has a corresponding number. We have a roulette table here. Brandon's got the ball. He's gonna spin it. It's gonna land on a number. That corresponding question is going to be asked and then it's kind of a round robin. Brandon? Here we go. Okay, so this is, <laughs> this is the suspenseful part. Where's it gonna land? Usually we do a little bet. Yeah. We'll oh, do that on the Double zero? One. That one landed on 14, folks. So let's go to question 14 here. All right. Uh, who do we start with? Who do you want to start with, Jacob? Uh, just, a just ask it and then... All right. I'll ask it and we'll just go around. Um, well, this one will be mainly for you guys. What has been the most unpleasant surprise of being an entrepreneur? Ooh, that's a good question. Unpleasant. It's got to be an unpleasant surprise. Let's see. I think... I, I mean, I know Stetson and I were thinking about the exact same scenario <laughs> that we experienced. Just thinking about the best way to say it. But uh, um, the uh, sometimes the bidding process, you know, bringing, bringing quotes to a client, working with uh, different people, trying to get their business, uh, can get rather competitive sometimes. Um, not something I was used to. Um, so there was, there, was, there was one client where we, uh, you know, we're going back and forth like pretty much dueling it out for the for the client and uh we won in the end but it, it got a little crazy wasn't expecting that and so it's competitive as in like they're getting bids from other yep guys yeah they're getting gotcha. the other side you know every like i i totally see it from their side right they're trying to get the best deal possible they're Shopping leveraging around. both sides of the equation every single mm -hmm. time they're doing it right um and you kind of get first time around you kind of get caught up in it too like you know we wanted to win. <laughs> got, it, got it. I'm willing to lose money <laughs> to get you to, get to sign this. Yeah. <laughs> but we wanted it. Whatever it we takes. We wanted it really bad. So, um, it, you know, it got a little messy in the end. So it was definitely a little, little bit unpleasant. Um, and just, it was, it was a learning experience. How, so, to, how so, to see that. So knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently if you could go back? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one thing to do is you should probably always put an expiration date on your quote for when it ends. Mm -hmm. yep. Learn that. Learn that the hard way, I guess you could say. Um, 18 months later, they're like, hey, yeah, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready for this price. Yeah, so now, now we know. Now we know what to do. What about you, Stetson? Bringing people in too soon uh, to what, what we were doing. I feel like we... We could have kept a little bit more secrecy around uh, the things we were working on. Um, oh, so you're not talking about clients. You're talking about... Just entrepreneurship in general. Like like you, s some people within your circles shouldn't know what you're doing or what? Yeah. Yeah, I would say there's definitely... Um, you need to keep some people at bay for a while until you're, you're ready as a company to handle what may or may not happen due to... Because um, people, people get excited about what you're working on. And they like to share with other people and... Everybody trusts somebody else. And so essentially everybody's in somebody else's circle of trust, right? That's true. Um, and so keeping, keeping things under wraps um, longer, I think, I think is something I think I would have done differently. So I have, I have one more unpleasant one. Okay. So we went to go do our first demo. <laughs> our first demo. This is going to haunt us for the rest of our lives. Yep. Um, we get to the very end. And we're like, hey, do you guys want to see how it works? And they're like, yes, we want to see how it works. Live demo. Live demo. We decided to do a live demo on our first client pitch, which unless you're 9,000% confident, I would say 
don't try that. Um, so we spool it up, get halfway through, and we realize it's not it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Stetson was on one side, furiously Sweating trying to dying. get it to work. I I While realize what's, I'm, I realize what's happening, and I'm stalling with the client, trying to pivot him away from the live demo we're in the <laughs> middle of. Like, oh yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, no, totally. Let's look over here right now. And we'll Slide talk about hand. some other things. Um, oh yeah, like I, it's like it's, it's still like a reoccurring nightmare. <laughs> but <laughs> the, you got the, him as a client, didn't you? We yeah, did. We, we did. Yeah. We still got him. But uh, they were understanding. They were understanding they of the situation, me. which I don't. I don't know why, but <laughs> thankfully they, they, they didn't were. leverage that to get an additional discount. Actually, I don't. They didn't. They did no, that. we were they're like, like it'll work. Give, we, we trust yeah, they're you. like, yeah, it's, it's fine. It'll, it'll be okay. I'm like, okay. What miraculous thing happened that day? But. We actually walked out like, well, that we, yep, okay. Well, I guess next time we'll try, try again. But then, and then they, they, they called us like five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brandon, good. you're an entrepreneur. I would say the biggest, uh, the most unpleasant was just all of the like government uh, involvement. Uh, like having to have a business license and crap or what? Yeah, we, we're in reg- registering as a business, stuff like that, but then. I think Market Campus specifically, like just because we were in the education space, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, I just want to build cool courses and teach people and, and make money doing it. And I didn't realize that the government's like, eh, not so much. We well, want that, that a piece of that pie. That was mainly because of your messaging, right? Like you were, you were marketing it as a, a, an alternative to college, basically. So you're, you're claiming that, yes, this is an alternative to, to students who want to sure, get it. Yeah. There, it. But that, then you changed it, right? You changed your messaging yeah. and, and then you were exempt pretty much. Yeah. And I think it's just that. And then like you realize there's all the tax stuff and like, man, doing taxes as a business is totally different than this. Also, it really sucks to be a business owner because you get taxed up the wazoo for stuff that you normally don't think of when you're just doing your normal taxes every year. So just a lot of that, like paperwork, I, for me, paperwork, like that's the stuff you don't really think of because you have this awesome idea and it's like, oh, companies are going to want this or consumers are going to want this and that's what you're passionate about. And then you realize like, oh, I've got to be kind of growing up and like have all my documentation in place and be, you know, compliant with all of these different regulations. I don't want to grow up. Yeah, it's not, it's not the fun part of entrepreneurship, but it's just, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. But for me, that was just kind of like, I don't, I don't I didn't think of that day one. It's like, I can't wait to start filling out all this paperwork for my licenses and stuff like that and get my taxes ready and start to pay high get tax, tax account open. Yeah. All that stuff. It's like, you don't think about that until someone else tells you, yeah, you got to get that stuff in order. So that for me, that was my unpleasant surprise. I mean, you're an entrepreneur too, right? You got your, you got the RV biz. You know, it's funny because when you first asked that question, I was like, oh yeah, I'm excluded from this. Cause I don't necessarily nah, uh, view myself as that. You're but included. You're right. Yeah. I, I did start an RV rental business. Uh, the suckiest part is uh, dealing with people. Sure. Yeah. Like if I could not do that, it'd be fine. Like dealing with people in terms of like face to face on the phone, or no, like th- more so like the complaints. Complaint. I don't get complaints. Oh, that's true. Sorry. <laughs> what is it? Who am I talking to? <laughs> the nicest RV. Ever. <laughs> No, no, no. Like uh, when you think about starting a business, you don't necessarily think about the nitty gritty early stages where it's like you're having to do all the work. It's and a then, lot of work. And yeah. then if you get big enough, you start hiring people to do the crap you don't like. Yeah. So the I, 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 like I'm selling my I'm, I'm getting out of this this year. So I'm not going to be I'm not like the RV thing is not going to be a thing a year from now. But if I were planning on making it bigger, the first thing I would do is I would hire someone to be between me and the people that are renting the RVs. Like I don't want to talk to them. 
uh, the, the, the business Someone, stuff, like the, t the documents and stuff, that's, that's not that big of a deal to me. Although I, eventually I'd like to hire someone to do that, but it's, it's literally just like having to deal with the same. It's funny, man. It's like clients and customers and stuff like that. For whatever reason, when, when they're in the mode of like needing something like they're the needy person, like I need the RV or I need, you know, tracking analytics or I need, I need to learn. They're dumb. They're just like dumb. They're like, oh, I don't know anything. Oh, what's this thing? Uh, that's the gas cap. You know, it's like, it, it, it's just a bigger version of what you drive. So I, I don't know why all of a sudden people are just like, what's this? Oh, it's a, that's a blinker. You turn that on when you're changing lanes. Mm. So uh, yeah, I would just hire someone to, that's, that's the dumbest thing. Anyway. Hire someone from the Philippines. Not sure how that would work. Uh, Make it all digital. <laughs> Have some video tutorials. Just on put, what like, a, just put like a, a keypad lock on the RV that has the keys in it. And you're like, just go. Here's good. It's one, two, three, four. Pick up yeah. the iPad the and keys. Press play. Yeah, I thought about that. Hey, while we're waiting for this, uh, quick question. How many episodes of Below the Fold have you guys listened to? Zero. Stetson? One half. <laughs> Was that recently? Uh, yes. Last these night? are the t these are the type of <laughs> people the, we on, like on the on show. On the way here, below the what? Sorry. Double zero, baby. Hey, I read the orientation documents about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say double zero? Yep. Do we even have a zero uh, question? Uh, I do. I've got all of the numbers. Okay. He's the like whole already. roulette wheel okay. is mapped. Okay. Back to the questions. All right, here it is. Um, what social network do you spend the most time on, and why? Oh, this is going to be a really good one for these two. <laughs> I last logged into Facebook like nine months ago. Hot dang. Yeah, these guys aren't social media guys. What about you? Uh, Wait, you've been on Instagram at I least have, since I then. have like 65 followers on Instagram. He's an influencer. I'm an influencer. He's an influencer within his sphere of influence. Very nice. <laughs> if you like pictures of smoked meats, that's pretty much all I do. And there are like two of them. So. <laughs> yeah. Real high on the social media. Wait, can we? Sorry. This, let's skip this question. I'm curious. Well, this is interesting because <laughs> you, you have now, that's my whole social okay, media life there. But let me reverse it then. Why? Like, Why? What's your, uh, is it just not interesting to you? Is it a privacy thing? Because everyone has no, reasons. No, it's, it's not a privacy thing. So it's definitely not that. Um, I would guess it's not an interest thing. Yeah, I'm You're just not interested in social not media. Interested. The people that I care about, I talk to. Okay. Very interesting. And are you the same way? Yeah, basically. I'd say Instagram because my wife posts stuff and then LinkedIn because for work. So, so do you guys like do stuff with like your brand, like in terms of growing like a social presence for No, for these guys are word or? of mouth. No. Word yeah, of mouth. Word of mouth. We're in the word of mouth stage. <laughs> in fact, I was talking to um, a coworker, an old coworker this afternoon. And she was asking me, like, hey, like, are you guys uh, running a brand campaign in AdWords? And I was like, Jacqueline, you, are you and, like, ten other people are the only one who know of our brand. There's no search <laughs> traffic on my brand name. There's no, we're not bidding on that right now. That's hilarious. <laughs> not yet. So uh, interesting fact about Ryan and Stetson. They both are categorized um, as the same personality type in the Myers-Briggs personality, which is I... N, N T T. So the test said T, but I said F. I T F. I N F P. Oh, I N F P. And you're an I N F P. Yeah. So they're both. So basically, you ask a question. If you get an answer from one, it's the same answer <laughs> from the other. All right. We'll see. 
about the next question then. Okay, yeah, let's let's go to the next question. And while <laughs> it's rolling, I'll just tell you I'm on Instagram like 99% of all like social media. I don't get on anything else. I used to And be I only get on to see if Ryan has posted since the last <laughs> time I looked. I was pretty hardcore Instagram, but lately I've been uh, Twitter. Been uh, getting back into the Twitter game. <laughs> never get into I've, Twitter. I've oh, never Twitter. done that. Yeah, Twitter. Me neither. I've never posted in Twitter ever. <laughs> It sounds like there's a story there. There's a good one. There's there. not a story. Oh, there was a story there, and we asked about social media, and you didn't. You answer? said most common one, not most awkward one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, twenty six. Sounds like we're just gonna. Go, my go my last post on Instagram was December thirtieth, so it's been yeah, two thousand fourteen. <laughs> so there was. You can go if you're on my profile at some point in time. There is a six year gap between posts at one point. Dang. On Instagram? On Instagram. So like when it first came out and then like two years ago? I only got on Instagram to make fun of Cody once. Cody Pike? Yes. Cody Pike listens to every episode. Good. Shout Cody. out to Cody Pike. How's it going, Cody? Cody. Actually, it might have been it might have been Sarah and not Cody, but they were it was a whole thing. They were going on, they were posting pictures. So you're not like following like the bachelor people and stuff? No. Oh, that's no. Weird. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Yeah, he's cute. Yep. Well, the answer to your last questions makes this next one even more interesting to me. Your what? favorite source of uh, news slash inspiration for marketing. Where do you go to get your inspiration and your news when it comes to the marketing world? Because it's obviously not Twitter. No. Nope. Well, I mean, there's the... Uh, so, I don't know, maybe someone listening here. There's the There's the PPC hashtag on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really big. Like, and I know they have a Slack channel. But I haven't figured out how to get invited to that Slack channel. So it's a Twitter PPC. Yeah, Slack like they'll, 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 they'll like no, no, they'll, they'll tag it. Yeah, hashtag it, like PPC, PPC chat. PPC that chat. One? Yeah, um, that I know is big on Twitter. Like, I, so why I do you want in on that? I just want on the Slack channel. I don't care about Twitter. No, I know why. Because there's lots of people on there. Like it's a big group. Yeah, but you're not a PPC guy. I mean, I I have to be now. Are you doing PPC? Yeah. You're doing like non-brand stuff. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not doing brand stuff because no, no one knows your brand. As we just talked about our brand presence. That's right. Zero. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's something that needs need to be aware of. We're going to have to move into the heavy advertising side at some point in time. So, Have you seen success? No. We've just been playing with it. I'm just oh. like learning. Like I went and got certified. Gotcha. And okay. I like, got into it. and Early like, stages. That, that type of stuff is interesting to me now. Okay. So now you go into uh, so Slack... So I'm, I'm in a couple of Slack groups. Um, They're on the DMC is, one. Yeah, one one is uh, the Measure Slack channel. They're a big, um, like on the ops side. Like analytics stuff? On the analytics stuff. Okay. There's uh, Online Geniuses. Uh, yeah. You've been... You've heard of that one, Brandon? Yep. I think I'm... Yeah. They have a, there's a, it's like a I forum online, and they have a Slack channel. Um, I think I used to be in it, and I left... Because it was lame. I'm conflicted. Slack channels are there's so much going on. I feel like if you miss a day, oh yeah, you look at it and you're just you're like, well, now totally, I lost my you're motivation. Totally behind. But it, you, um, the people in those Slack channels like reply almost instantly. Yeah, they're good for questions. That's what yeah. I go for. Interesting. Okay, how about you? News, like marketing news. I mean, just subreddits is basically where I get most of my marketing news. Dude, yeah. Brandon loves Reddit. I, I'm on. I've like love Reddit. Reddit home, is my, my home page for Reddit. Social media. Yeah, if you want to put social media as Reddit marketing. Huh. And Very guns. nice. I've been getting a lot of mine from a Google Assistant. It's been hmm. pretty handy at 
Give like, me the good stories. Like you you set that up and then she just sends like it's it's well, kind of no, like a Google the, alert or what? On the phone, like when you swipe over on the home screen, then it uh, goes over. But you have to you have to tell it what the topics you're interested in are, right? It already knows, man, because it's Google's creepy. Because Google it knows <laughs> what I search for. It knows who I follow. So you didn't do any settings. It, it just automatically started. So tell I just me what started, I care. About. I mean, I get a mix of everything, but I, I usually with something like big or interesting happens in marketing. Do you get a lot of Trump news? That's no, like, I was just looking really. at the Apple feed because I was curious, like how well does it know me? And it's all politics. And I was like, man, I'm not clicking on any of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Let's Apple do, does not know me. Maybe yeah. Google will. Let's do one more question, and we'll get in into the show. All right, we haven't gotten to the show yet. Let me uh, uh, show, get that me. ball rolling here. I'm crossing my fingers, Brandon, for an, a more interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, it lands on a more interesting question. Yeah, we're going in overtime here. Okay. We normally only have three questions. Isn't this? Is this a? Oh, is this the fourth? This is the fourth question. Oh, okay. So I got to reach in the bag here. And see, <laughs> yeah. but they're all assigned. What we got? <laughs> That's right. You, what number did it land on? Just go to that question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Went to number six, and uh, that question is. Uh, you're not gonna like this question, Jacob. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not interesting. Well, then go to question uh, ten. That's also not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the question is Android versus iOS. What phone do you got in your pocket, and why? No, so that's interesting. I, I will say, uh, for like four years, I was on the Google platform. And did you have the Pixel? I did have a Pixel, and I had a Nexus. I forget which one, like a Nexus Five or something before that. Uh, for real, so I was on on uh, Android. Apple. Yeah, I was no. on Apple f- until the the three S, ditched it for nexus for nexus from then on out and i really loved it but then i actually got a mac computer and switched back to the iphone mainly because everything works compatibility so seamlessly in the apple ecosystem ecosystem that it was really nice so i'm i'm on an iphone right now i just got a new one 10x 10 10x 10x right xs there we go the The 10x xs yep very cool Stetson, what do you what do you uh, also drive? IPhone, what are you driving? I had an I had an Android. I don't I don't don't even remember what it was. It was a long long time ago. Um, but iPhone because MacBook, same reason. But I've had a MacBook for twelve years, so messages, iPhone. You know, MacBook. I got my first MacBook in two thousand seven. That was twelve years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, I've been rocking iPhone since two thousand eight. Jacob's hardcore. I never not, get this guy off Apple. I am not a diehard like Apple for lifer. It's just because it's what's convenient. Yeah, that's interesting because typically guys in your field are more like Windows, Android people. Yeah. The analytical customization. I could. I, it does. Windows, I think, gives you a lot more custom customization, like when totally. you're on your computer. But actually, the the Unix backend that Mac is built on makes for some programming stuff a lot easier than a Windows system. So I think on the development side, um, Apple is actually really nice. But you guys, you also have PCs, don't you? Stetson, you do, right? Yeah. For like you're, you're on yeah. like yeah, you're on like uh, PUBG and video stuff games like that. And that's it. And yep. VR, VR, VR. Oh, that's right, VR. VR video games. Like Dude, Stetson's big VR, ch- VR guy. Huge. My basement ceiling is so tall, I can almost put my hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
You're and you're a Pixel guy. Pixel three, baby. Yeah, I love the Pixel and I love the Mac, and uh, my life's great. So <laughs> <laughs> the messaging is the one thing that is nice having. Uh, what's the word? Flow very nicely between the two, but now that messages is available on web, it's I always just have a tab open and it's pretty much the same. But other than that, I'm happy with the Pixel three move. Mm-hmm. From sorry. Apple. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't listening uh, after you started talking about the Pixel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, okay. So, so that's <laughs> digital marketing roulette. We got to know these guys a little bit better. Uh, we're gonna get into the main portion of the show for the next little bit. Uh, so, call tracking. Call tracking. When I say call tracking, I think, holy cow, this is super boring. But there are likely lots of small business owners and entrepreneurs who are listening right now who are like. Wait, no, I need to know about call tracking. So what's exciting about call tracking? And, and should we broaden the conversation a little bit? Am I, am I too narrow? Like, is the scope too narrow for this? We sometimes start at just offline conversion. So thinking about, like, what are, what are, you, what are people doing that they have to market online, but their, you know, end sales system is offline. Okay, so what are some examples of that? Um, well, the big one, uh, alarm systems. <laughs> The, the big one that we just came so from. yeah let's let's right. use an example the vivint smart home yep so uh how their sales process works is you have to call them to buy a system there's no there's no e-com way to go in and you know get your get your package system from them meaning the you, sale happens yeah, offline the sale happens offline yeah um and so you know but they're they're spending tons of money advertising in the online sphere and so you need to be able to connect what you're doing there and the money you're spending so you can understand what return you're getting from it in the offline area where you actually get your sales. So what about, how about an example of like small business? Like do dent, is this a dentist thing too? I mean, cause it's not like there's a online e-commerce way to get your teeth cleaned, right? So the service right. is done offline. People are calling to make appointments or whatever. Is, is your company, does Dino Analytics are you at that scale or are you more enterprise solution? We're definitely in the enterprise solution right now, how it's built, but those type of people um, can definitely use call tracking also. Google offers some just like in AdWords has some generic call tracking that you can do using Google voice numbers. So there's an option for people that are at that level too. It's also really easy to go from enterprise and scale it back. It's a lot harder if you build a small business application and try and scale it up for enterprise which is why we started being able to handle millions of calls and requests like a minute essentially so we can scale it down and use it for a small business um, but that's not necessarily who we're going after as customers what size company would you say is optimal like what's the smallest size company that you would go after i don't know if it's more of a size question uh, on more of like what their infrastructure is currently set up as. Cause I could see a, a smaller mid tier company that had the infrastructure to be able to, you know, maximize their return on call tracking instead of um, like how many people they have. Um, because the, the way that we're trying to, you know, quote unquote disrupt the area is um, it's more on uh the cost side of it than it is on I don't know, any other aspect. I got of you. It. Okay. So uh, actually I think there's another direction we should go here. Let's talk about who your competitors are and 
and how you're different. So, so what I'm thinking here is if we say here are our competitors, people who are listening will be like, oh, I'm using Invoca or I'm using whatever other solutions there Call are. Call Rails. Call or Rails or whatever. And they're like, oh, so there's an alternative. Maybe they're thinking Invoca is too expensive yeah. or Call Rail has too many options that I don't need or whatever. Let, let's talk through the, co the competition. And then you mentioned disrupting the field. Those competitors are doing things differently than you. Let's yeah. dig into that. So I, I think one of our one of our key points is um, lots of people try to be a platform that they want you to use. Use everything within our platform. And we call ourselves a pipeline instead. Um, we're not trying to get you to like move everything within our platform environment. We're trying to help you get the data that's online into whatever infrastructure you have offline. So if you have a way to record the data offline, we can get it there. We don't need you to sign up for our you know, platform and use all of our integrations and everything and, and move into our ecosystem. We're saying, hey, we can help you within the ecosystem you already have built and get the data you need there. Okay, so so does that mean that talking through competitors is the wrong angle that no, we want to take? No, I was just, that's the my thought process when I was going. Okay, and one I of the you. main differences between us and competition. Okay, so who who are your main co competitors? I mean, the the giant in the call tracking industry is definitely Invoca. Yeah. They're the, I don't know, they're the big ones. They're the 900-pound gorilla. Is there a 300-pound gorilla? Uh, that's probably call rails. There's, uh, I think Dialog Tech does one. And then there's actually, there's probably a dozen other very small. It's like calltracking.com. Yeah, well and the, like, there's one called like Phone Wagon and there's tons of other um, ones that we've seen around. Um, are there other companies out there that are doing the same thing as you? No. That no. you've found? No. So okay. the, the, the difference there is in their pricing model. They are selling to you on a, uh, a cost per minute for the phone call that they're tracking. And we don't have a cost per minute charge at all. So hang on just a sec. Cause, so are you saying that you offer the same services as them and it's the only difference is how they charge the customer? We're offering the same services for data. I'll make that nuance. Cause for instance, if you're like, paying, you're not selling phone numbers. No, no, we're not. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is if, if they have the call going to them and then route it, you know, back to your call center or wherever you're receiving the calls, there's some things that they can do with the call because they're, they're tracking like the call length and the talk time and things like that, that they can provide for you. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the thing that we realize is if you're taking calls, you probably already have a solution that can tell you those type of metrics because you're already taking the call. Mm -hmm. You probably know how long you're talking to people. You probably know, you know, you know, buttons they're pressing in the, in the system and things like that. So it's like, why pay extra? Why, why pay double for something that you already have access to? The big key part is the data. Um, and so the, what we do is we can leverage the infrastructure that you already have to get you the data you, that you need. We can still get you all of the user level, you know, analytics that are happening on the web page, attach it to the phone call and help you leverage the system that you're already paying for to get the data that you need. Okay. So if someone today is using Invoca or Call Rails, what, what services are they paying for? Uh, it, 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 there's a, there's a myriad of them. Um, uh, the first one is the, the dynamic number insertion on the page. So they're, they're paying for, a, a, they call them a pool of numbers that, you're, that you bought through them that are swapping out for every user on the web page. So you, you can pay for that. You can pay for the data transfer. 
they also have tons of integrations with different platforms. They'll integrate with tons of CRMs and different ad platforms, uh, you know, like AdWords and Facebook and all, you know, all those different type of, of marketing platforms that are out there, the whole MarTech stack. Um, you can pay for each of those integrations to use them. The difference is you need to have your data in Invoca to leverage that. And so we went, we went about it the other way saying, hey, if you're already collecting data on what you're doing, then why move it to somewhere else? Why be reliant on a different platform when you already have things for yourself? Are there instances where someone using Invoca could come to you guys and work with you both? Or is it too conflicting? Um, I would say they're probably pretty conflicting. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to use both. Okay, so here, here, here's what I'm getting at. If, if, if you are prospecting and someone comes up and they're like, hey, I hate Invoke, I'm looking for another solution, and they come across you guys, what's your pitch? You're like, first you're probably like, what are you using Invoke for, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you mentioned pricing. This is the disruption part. So you say that they charge per minute. Uh, what, what's the difference here? So, so I, use, I use Invoke. You're trying to convince me to switch to you. What do you tell me? The 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 big thing that we we start out with right out of the bat is don't double pay for minutes. If you're using something like Invoca or CallRails, you're paying your per minute charge with Invoca, and then you're paying a per minute charge with whatever system you have uh, that's taking the calls in house. So your reps are logging into to yes. handle the calls. So is that is that like I mean, Vivian, is that the five nine? Yeah. Like, okay. Five so so we have both five nine. We have five nine and Invoca. Does that mean we're double paying for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what you're saying. Don't yeah. do. Don't don't do that. You're already paying for the call in your dialer platform, whether that's five nine or in contact or Genesis or whatever whatever call center platform you're using. Uh, you're paying per minute to run that, and now you're paying per minute to run a call tracking. So Vivint should not be doing it that way. Well, you can. Who was in charge of 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 making sure we didn't uh, double pay for minutes? For the last several, they have years. been trying to get out of double paying for minutes for years. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, for the record, Stetson owned the contract with Invoca while he was on our team. Uh, <laughs> it, just say that's why I left. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so what's your solution? Not by minutes. What is it? Not by minutes. So, we don't. We leverage the dialer that you have to get you the data. So we're not. We don't own the phone numbers. We don't have, like, they're not connecting to us through the phone and then connecting to you. So, for instance, it, you you would buy numbers from whatever dialer platform you're currently using. But if they don't have anything, you're making recommendations, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, you don't have anything? You should use 5.9 or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we, we run into a lot of people that are, that are getting into the, the call center in, like, in the initial stages. So, like, hey, we know this is something we want. We also want, like, how do we make a call center work, too? So we work on both sides there at least for like consulting and helping and things like that but you would buy the minutes or not the minutes you would buy the phone numbers with the platform you're already using and then we can use the numbers you've bought and dynamically swap them on your website and so instead of going through a middleman the call would come directly to you and then you would you would ping you from your dialer to our servers and we would give you the data we know about that person gotcha I want to put a quick pause on this track here because I just thought from a marketing perspective, the reason why you want call tracking is because you're probably spending a ton of money in different channels, right? So you're spending money on PPC, you're spending money on email, you're spending money on billboards, you're spending money everywhere. 
And if, if, if you're doing it the old fashioned way, meaning you just got a phone number, one phone number and you're slapping it on everything. You're slapping the same phone number on your billboard and you're slapping the same number on your website and the same number on your emails. There's no tracking, meaning people will call in and you'll say, Hey, how's it going? And you may, you may make a sale and you may not. It doesn't matter. You don't know where that call came from. That's the whole reason why you want call tracking and ring pools and all these phone numbers in different places. Uh, is so that when you have multiple channels that you're working through from a marketing perspective, you want attribution set up so that you can attribute every lead sale and whatever the end uh, sale may be the end at Vivint install. But you want to be able to track every instance or lead to its origination, its, its source, so that you know where to distribute your money. If all of a sudden you find that some billboard messaging is resonating with people and you get a spike in calls from that one billboard, you'll want to know, you'll know, okay, you've got to, you got to set up three more billboards along the Wasatch front or whatever. Would you add anything to that, Brandon? I, I mean, you, you do billboards. You, yeah, you, we're not you, phone number folks. So I, yeah, I was just going to say, you guys, you guys don't really, do you have, I mean, do you have a, like, you, I mean, you have phone numbers. Where does it go? Your receptionist or something? <laughs> yeah. So, oh no, well, just usually our, our, our phone number goes right to our admissions team. Well, technically it goes to someone who is, would either route them to, the appropriate admissions because sometimes it's like a salesperson so then it's like okay you need to talk to so and so but they're technically part of the admission so if it is an admissions call like i want to tour your campus or i have questions about your program then they can just go ahead and answer yeah so yeah but yeah we're pretty much i mean we're very digital in terms of like we just want people to go to the website and from there we have a million different ways to yeah that makes sense give give us your email address. Yeah, we, sh we so we should have started with that, meaning why would anyone want call tracking in the first place? And that's so that you can attribute uh, calls to sources. It's usually an ROI question. Yeah. People are spending money in places and they want to know how that money is doing. Yeah, okay. Okay, so uh, as, I, as I think through this, if there are companies out there who, who are old fashioned, and they just have one number, they're slapping on everything, where do they start? What do they do? So some, someone's listening and they're like, holy cow, I've got one or two numbers and I just put them on everything because I just want the leads and I'm just spending my money everywhere. What, uh, what are their first steps? So you can, uh, I would say get more numbers, right? You don't need to do session level tracking when you're starting out. You can do campaign level tracking, which is where you get one number for each marketing source. You can get one number for Google, one number for Yahoo, one number for Facebook, and then you'll have a general idea of where calls are coming from. So if you just have like a landline in your office, you can go to Nexmo or Twilio, or you can go to Bandwidth and you can buy numbers and route them to your landline in your office. And you can then do reporting out of um, those platforms. You can see where calls coming from, um, but you don't need to set up a dialer or a huge call center in order to take advantage of this type of tracking. And you can, you can ramp into it. You don't have to start out with session level tracking. You can do the same thing where if you did want to buy a bunch of numbers, we could still do the session level tracking. But if you just wanted to know what are my top five sources, I'm going to put five different numbers out there. Um, you can get a level of granularity in place pretty cheap. Okay, cool. That's helpful. Okay. I want to get into best practices or what people are doing wrong. So people who are people who do call tracking, I mean, Vivint's a, Vivint is a, a big company and they've got their, their call tracking system is pretty complex. At least it is to me, maybe not to you guys. What, uh, what are people doing wrong? I would say um, they have, so when, when, when you talk about call tracking, most companies that, that have 
the need for call tracking also make outbound phone calls. And so you're taking forms on your website and you're also trying to generate inbound calls, which means if you have another call tracking platform like Invoco or like some of the other competitors that, that we have, um, they want you to split your data into an inbound in their platform and then outbound is gonna be in your dialer. So wherever your forms are going, it's probably to your CRM and then it's routing to your dialer. Um, and so you have a, a, a huge, you have, you have split data in, in two different platforms. Um, and so it's super important to be able to have all your data in one place. So some, some companies will just do a data warehouse and they'll pull the inbound data from one place and the outbound data from another and then try and tie it together after the fact. Um, I would say a best practice is to get all the data into one platform. And a lot of these inbound call tracking platforms, they can't do outbound. Your reps aren't logging into them to, to handle the calls. And so you need to get the data for the inbound call into the same platform where your, your talk time is and your like rep utilization time so that you have all the data in one platform instead of split in multiple platforms that you have to then compile later. What, what are some of the platforms people would use? Um, our favorite one, because we've used it for years, is 5.9. So you can take with 5.9 and, and attach all of the dynamic data you want onto the call log. Um, and then from there, you can just, all the reports you have now have all of the dynamic data associated with it. So what do you guys learn? Like, I, I'm kind of interested to see how you guys are marketing your own company because you're in this very early stage. How recent was it that you guys started doing this thing full-time? Full-time, it's been a month, but it was... Not this most recent Christmas, but the previous Christmas that we... Uh, See, this has been a kind of a side yeah. gig, and then you guys eventually be like, okay, let's let's go full-time on this. Yeah. So what has been like your most successful channel of acquiring clients? I mean, right now, it's just been word of mouth. Um, since we're in the, you know, kind of call center and marketing industry, and, and like, especially in utah at least like it's a pretty tight-knit community mm -hmm. so we already know a lot of people in the area and so the the volume that we can you know handle right out of the gate is uh you know it's satisfied by word of mouth right now interesting and have you like started to dip i mean you mentioned earlier you you're kind of dipping into ppc uh is that something that you guys have like already started doing or you're more in the research learning phase it's like the, it's more of the research and learning phase you know there's other things we want to do because there's other type of like advertising that probably get into like you could you know we're looking to find someone to like do a white paper with you know and, and you know say how we can help them and you know how they can increase their roi and and maybe some content pieces and things like that so there's mm -hmm. there's other avenues than just ppc that we're thinking about at the time um but yeah like right now we can handle uh just who we're talking to and and who we know right now i would say content's probably where we're going to start um because it has more long-term payoff yeah. where when you need paid you just turn it on and start paying gotcha and when you say content are you referring to more like blog posts or more like white paper type lead all the above opt-ins yeah. stuff yeah. like that yeah across the board you know I, there's topics that we can you know probably make a blog post on the same type of things we're mm -hmm. talking about now hey what are the pitfalls what are the yeah you know what are the best practices you know those are things that we could start writing up and 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 broadcasting out there gotcha and the technologies i mean you have a website up yep uh, and what like is it, are you guys using wordpress something simple like weebly no yeah it's on wordpress wordpress and are there efforts that you started to do in terms of marketing that did not go as expected that it just didn't work or they were way harder than you realized? 
I think our website's actually a good example because we we develop stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. I can make a really awesome website, but really it was, do we have the time to do that right now or is it more worth having somebody else just get it done for us and have it be functional and, and look pretty good? Gotcha. Um, so we went with uh, have somebody else do it and we can focus on the product and not have to focus so much on the business website. Interesting. Yeah, um, we find out most days that there's only a limited amount of hours in a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we try to push that limit. Yeah, we try to push that limit quite frequently, but there's only so much that the two of us can do. So we're, you know, we're finding that reach out and partner and, and, and to develop some of that stuff. And what do you utilize in your marketing? You mentioned at the beginning that um, you, you kind of hit this point where it's very competitive. You talk to a potential client and then they start researching they have other bids from competitors at that point that's like where you really need to stand out i imagine for a lot of these people they're going to go on you know and search and look up the company whatnot look reviews are there are there things that you're actively doing to be competitive in that marketing stage where you're not physically present or on the phone to sell them yeah i mean that's the reason why we stood up the the website because in the beginning we didn't even have a, a website we had yeah. nothing it was just like come Coming talk soon. to us yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, we and we're like okay for that exact reason we're like, we talk, and if it doesn't happen there, what do we got? So yeah. we can at least, so we have the website, right? It touches on the key points, like, hey, you know, you can save money, and you don't have to rely on other people, and you know, we hit our like top three, you know, points that we want to talk about, and so at least if someone now wants to, they'll come back and be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we can save money. Let's call gotcha. them again. And reviews, like, what are the when I, I mean reviews are big for every company, but each industry has their own important sites like Yelp is big for restaurants. Yelp is not big for uh, probably Vivint. I don't think people are going to Yelp for Vivint. Or, no, they do. They go. It's just I mean, not, they're, yeah, they're it's there. Not it's just not. <laughs> but are there sites? The cafe within, was terrible. Yeah. Are, are there platforms that are big within your niche that it's like, yeah, we got to be competitive. I mean, there's like sites like G2 Crowd and stuff like that. I don't know if those are. Well, even boot camps ha- have their own. Yeah. We've got like, for us, like Switch Up and Course Report are way more important than any other review site. And so like, we've got to be big on those and so we, we we try to get our alumni to leave reviews and do stuff do you guys make extra efforts to get your current clients to leave reviews and, and what does that process look like we haven't really done like leave reviews on a certain place if there is a place for martech reviews I, I, don't, I don't know if i even know of it so we haven't been that way but we definitely work with them to like we're available to the clients that we have all the time and like we use them we hope to work with them enough that we can use them as like a referral. Gotcha. So when we're talking to other people, um, it's it's common in at least the you know kind of like SaaS Martech to be like, hey, you know, do you have some people that we could talk to about mm-hmm. your platform that that use it? So uh, we worked really hard to you know make sure the people that are using it are yeah are are really happy because you know those select few in the beginning are the ones that are the mm-hmm. seed for everything else. So where do you see it? Like as you guys grow, it's going to be harder and harder to do. I mean, unless you're, of course, you're hiring out salespeople, but right now you've got word of mouth. So a lot of people coming in, are you doing like phone calls and like cold emails out to companies? Is that something you're even touching right now? Like, I guess, I guess the bigger question is where do you see the growth happening in terms of that marketing and sales process as you start to scale a little bit more? Is it a search approach, social paid sales? Is there something you guys are anticipating in that area? I think we would definitely go after, I mean, we're not afraid to go knock on someone's door Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of information online about who our competitors have as customers. And so 
essentially I think one of the things we'll do eventually is just start knocking on their door. Say, hey, we know you use them. We know how the pricing structure works and we know we can beat them. Um, so that would probably be the first thing is just go after the people we know need us because they're using a competitor. Um, and that will give us a lot more um, exposure to different people. And really, it's like I said, it's word of mouth that, that we're focusing on now. But as we grow, um, that's kind of our plan for future customers for the next little while. Gotcha. Are all of your, so all of your clients right now have all come to you from word of mouth? Have, have there been anywhere you've reached out and then like from beginning to end, close the, the sale of, I don't know who you guys are to, I'm hiring you. No, we haven't had anyone know of us that way yet. Got it. That's we're good. Still, I mean, where, still word of where, mouth. where it wasn't somebody who knew somebody where we've just yeah. reached out. Cause yeah. most of them it's, Oh, I know, you know, this company, I used to work there. I have a friend there and they were just talking about this. Um, so but we have haven't stumbled them. upon yeah. somebody. Yeah. It's still, it's still sales. It's not, Hey, here it is in a handbag. Yeah. Um, that's too bad. One day. <laughs> yeah. We, we wish everyone would just be like, Hey, where's, where do we sign? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. That's call tracking. Uh, last, last kind of word about call tracking. If there was one thing that you could tell anyone, anything about call tracking, what would it be? In six words or less. In six, six words. words. <laughs> I don't know. The only thing that comes to mind is don't double pay because that's our don't like, double pay don't like, yeah. which is another don't thing that pay. people are doing our tagline that they shouldn't yeah. okay yeah. well and is that your tagline it's that's expected good. don't double right? pay well, uh, well, are our, we we are one week other came out is smarter inbound calls yeah people i think are okay with it. I, in fact i haven't met anybody who we've talked to we're like hey you guys double paid They're like yeah we love it um, most people it's like yeah we hate double paying but that's what's expected because that's how the industry is yeah, everybody you go with you double pay and so it's like yeah we know we have to double pay mm -hmm. but when we come in we're like hey remember how you double pay yeah we don't we don't make you do that and they're like oh sweet it's so usually it's, a pretty easy sales point to be like did you know you're double paying let me remind you again that you're double paying yeah <laughs> this is where you double don't double pay double smarter inbound calls okay i want to transition uh to this last section that i didn't prepare and i haven't talked to brandon or anyone about this oh boy i've been working with ryan and stetson on some seo tools because uh, like they have mentioned a few times throughout the show they're developers like they can develop tools so brandon i want to really good too. i want to i want to run some of these ideas past you one in particular because it's one that i've kind of the idea i've had in isolation and haven't really gone public with to see if there's a better solution so Brian, imagine this, you, I don't want to go about it this way. Listen, <laughs> what we're talking about is creating a scraper. Okay. So uh -huh. we scrape a competitor's website. I'm just going to use ADT as an example, because they're one of our biggest competitors. So if we have a scraper that goes and scrapes their entire website on a regular basis, whether it's weekly or daily or whatever, or there's subsets or whatever, and then, and then it scrapes, uh, regularly like mm -hmm. on a weekly schedule, and then it reports back any changes that they made, okay? And, and then from a visual standpoint, it's like a side-by-side. -side. Here's the website how it was yesterday, and here's the website now after it's been changed, yep. design elements, uh, copy changes, so that you can monitor all the changes that the competitor is making so that you can kind of stay ahead of them. Yep. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Or right behind them. Or, well, yeah, if you, if, if you can anticipate where they're going based on the changes they're making now, you just, uh, you, you frog, you frog leap over them. You leapfrog over them. <laughs> frog 
What about it? I want to know if, if one, you know of a tool that does that. I know of at least four. Okay, tell me. Well, I don't know the names because... Oh, shut up. So I, I know of four. I don't know. I, I don't know, know that there are at least know. four out there because I've, I've been pitched this a lot from companies either digitally or over the phone. Do you know of at least one? Uh, Can you look in on your computer right now? I could is your open computer, up my inbox. Is your computer like, while dead? I'm, oh, let's pull up on here. Um, while I'm pulling this up, make sure I'm in the right inbox. Da, 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 Dev Mountain. Um, so I, I have like, you sign up for like a free account and it gives you like a sample type thing. Yeah. But then I still get like, oh, this competitor changed like 5% of their page changed and here's the differences. I don't, I've never signed up for any of them because they're always way too expensive. So I'm very interested if you have something that is affordable and not very expensive. Yeah. What so, is very expensive? I don't remember the exact prices, but I remember looking at it thinking, not worth it. We're really open to you know price disruption. <laughs> that's right. That's where we're at. That's, that's right. Where we shine. That's so 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 uh, there are two reasons I go to Ryan and Stetson. One, either the technology doesn't exist, or no, I just thought of a th- I just thought of a third reason. The technology <laughs> doesn't exist is one of them. Two, uh, the people doing them currently aren't doing them the way that I want. And three, cost. Which all three, that's what's nice about having two guys like these is you can just say, this is what I want. And they say, okay. And that's my sound effect for keyboard. So that's my keyboard. Change Tower is one. Change Tower. Change Tower. Am I writing this down? Yeah, write it down. Because if, if you guys are going to be doing work for me, then this, th- these are your competitors. Let me uh, look at Change Tower and see what they're charging here. But What a dumb name. Yeah. I want to say Jacob's monitor. Tower. I mean, so there's so there's other tool like have you guys heard of mention? I think it's called no. mentions. No. no, because there's Tell a lot of PR. It. Like there's there's a lot of there's there's room for disruption, especially in an area where you just want to monitor your brand. Uh, and there's tools like SEM Rush. I think Moz will they'll they'll track mentions. The problem is is like for a company like Dev Mountain, we're mentioned. We get hundreds of mentions a week because we're owned by a public company. And so every single stock report that comes out has Dev Mountain somewhere tiny in the bottom of like reportings. And it's like, okay, that fills up tons of- Does that bother you? Yeah, it bothers me because then there's like real articles or like real discussions happening on Reddit that mention our school and it gets buried in like 450 like financial reports for <laughs> stockholders and stuff like that. So- Couldn't you build a filter? That's so that's the thing. That's what I like. It's very difficult to. That's the feature you can. That, that's yeah. the feature you're saying you want. You well, the, so they have those. But like all these. So I think one of them's called Meltwater. I don't know if you've heard of them. <laughs> no, interesting names. I, I will that's say, like hot jar. Like yeah, the hot softwares jar. that do that, they're all like call for pricing, and then when you actually call them, if you want they like the whole you. shebang, it's like fifteen grand a month, and it's like eh, no. you can't afford fifteen grand a month, dude. That's like that's like fifteen pennies, grand man. a month for something. If I really want to take the time for, I could have our developers develop something, but then that yeah, no is joke, just man. Not you've got you got, got a whole a school full of developers. Isn't that just like a semester project right there? <laughs> like hey. <laughs> This you know this semester we're building a a scraper. Yeah. Well, that takes time Get to it. plan it how I how I want it to work and all that stuff. But Dude, you should do that, man. Go talk the next to the semesters finishing it up. D- go talk to the people who build the curriculum and say, hey, I've got but a I list think, of things that that you could create as as you don't call them semesters. What do you call them? Cohorts or something like cohorts, that. Cohorts. Yep. There you go, man. Yeah, I mean, there's there's software that's changed. There were whatever their name was, Meltwater or something like that. They were top of the line in terms of pricing there's other ones that are much cheaper like a couple hundred bucks a month um, dude have you ever melted water it's crazy it is <laughs> <laughs> but 
Well, I, back to the original question, I stuff like that. I I think those tools are great because it is tough to stand. Like those are some of the most important changes. And then the closest thing I have is, uh, you know, Google Alerts obviously set up, but that's only looking it's scraping for new content. But yeah, so there are a few tools I have checked out. I always sign up for the the plan just to see like, oh, is this actually good? But then I think, am I actually going to get my money's worth on this? And I never actually sign up. But if you can come up with something, that's not. Well, we'll keep you informed. I told these guys if they're building tools for me and create a referral bonus structure tied into the the platform, that I will I'll spread it to everybody, <laughs> and you'll you're the first that I'll send it to. Nice. Okay, we're out of time. All right, so last thing on that if if you're listening and you're like holy cow i need i need a specific tool made uh it's it, it's very simple uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is like if you're if you're doing something in excel and it's manual there's likely a way for these guys to build something to automate that process for you so if if, if, if for years you're just like oh man i just i wish i knew somebody who could build that for me how can they reach out to you what's your contact info well Ryan and or Stetson at dinoanalytics.com. Is there D-Y-N-O. Analytics.com. Is there a, like a form on your website? Yep, there is one. So dinoanalytics.com. If, if, uh, if you can't remember their names, you can go there. Okay. Uh, last thing I'll say, we're recording at the Stone Sheba, downtown Provo. If you are a creator and are looking for a space to where you could record your own bowl stuff, Check them out, thestonesheba.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a positive review on iTunes. And that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. What if I had a negative experience? Can I leave a negative review? (laughs)